Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Because all I ever have is redemption songs, sings Bob and Stephen Marley as they lead the Chains for Peace band, a band made up of musicians from all over the world. We here at Solutions to Balance believe you can lead the march to freedom from within or from without. As mayor of Shively, Kentucky, our guest today, as mayor of Shively, Kentucky, our guest today, Beverly Chester Burton, has chosen to lead the march to freedom from within. Along with Beverly Chester Burton, we at Solutions to Balance believe there is more than one way to redeem the soul of America. Hello, folks. We are Solutions to Violence. Jim Johnson and I are your hosts. I'm Jamie McMillan, and we are glad you could join us today. You're listening to Forward Radio, WFMP LP 106.5 FM. Solutions to Violence is a program of and sponsored by Forward Radio. Forward Radio is an affiliate of FOR, the Louisville Fellowship of Reconciliation. The following is part of WFMP's public affairs educational programming. The views expressed are those of our guests and not that of WFMP. We would like you to share your views with us. You can do this by contacting us at this email address, solutions to violence 18 at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Our guest today is award-winning educator Beverly Chester Burton, who is the current mayor of Shively, Kentucky. Welcome, Mayor Chester Burton. Welcome to Solutions to Violence. Thank you for having me. So Beverly Chester Burton is a teacher and educator in the Jefferson County Public School System. She is the first African-American to serve as mayor of Shively and was the first African-American to serve on the Shively City Council. She attended the University of Louisville, Spalding University, and Western Kentucky University. She holds a specialist degree in administration and supervision, a master's in teaching, a master's in counseling and psychology, and a bachelor's of arts degree in communication. She has worked in education for more than 20 years. She has served as the 44th Legislative District Chair, participated in Emerge Kentucky, the Coalition of Labor Union for Women, the Neighborhood Institute, the Kentucky Museum of African American Heritage, the Jefferson County Governance Task Force, the Kentucky Emergency Response Commission, the James Brown Cancer Center, the Metropolitan Louisville Women's Political Caucus, the Metro Parks Advisory Council, the Center for Women and Families, the Kentucky Housing Corporation, as well as a member of the Southwest Dream Team Board of Directors. Welcome, Mayor Chester Burton. Thank you. Mayor Burton, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. You've served as a teacher and an educator in Jefferson County Public School System for past 20 years. What is it about your teaching experience that inspired you to seek a career in politics? Well, I think being an educator, I got involved early on with my union. And as you know, union can be, unions can be very political at times. And so being active in my union and serving on several committees just gave me that platform to elevate myself to the next level. And Mayor, what, why did you decide to run for this particular public service position of mayor of Shively? 
But actually, after being on the council for 10 years and, and how that came about was um, my, my husband and I, we, we had a potluck at our home. Um, it was a year after 9-11, actually. We had a potluck. And then during that time, neighbors were encouraging me to, you know, become more active in the community, run for city council. And at that time, I'm like, I really don't have the time. You know, I have a family. I had other commitments. I was still, you know, very involved in my, uh, my, my union. And I just felt like the time wasn't there. But over time, so I really never thought I would run. But then after several conversations over time, then I said that I would go ahead and give it a try. And so this kind of stuck with me from there. I continued to uh, maintain my seat uh, the, for the years that I ran for city council until I won that one, that one year I ran for mayor in 2008. But I lost, but I just bide my time continue to be involved, and um, got back on city council the next time the, the position came over. You're the current mayor of Shively. Yes. When were you elected? Tell us about that campaign. Well, this is my second year of my first term. Um, and basically, um, during that time frame that I decided that I would run, I wanted to make sure that I had you know, did some research and make sure that I had, I knew what the issues were. And I did because I had been on city council. I knew what the community was wanting. Uh, I was listening to conversations from various uh, neighbors about, you know, what it is that they thought that, you know, could change uh, during, uh, during what, you know, during uh, Shively, during my time on uh, as a as an official in Shively. And so I just decided that uh, it was time, you know, I had some ideas that I wanted and I just felt like even though I had a seat at the table as a council member, it still it still did not give me the opportunity to see some of the things that I wanted to come to fruition. And so I knew that I would have to take that next step. So when, when were you elected? I was, oh, this is 2020, I was elected in 2018. Okay, okay. So before we begin talking about Shabli, uh, the Shabli that exists today, let's explore some of its history. In 1954, the Kentucky city of Shabli was an all-white little suburb, as evidenced by the struggle waged by Annie Carl Braden to integrate the city on behalf of the African-American family, Andrew and Charlotte Wade. Yes. Yes. So now the now famous attempt ended with the Wade House being bombed by white supremacists. The Bradens were arrested and charged with sedition, and the Wades moved back to Louisville's West End. Yes. Shabby remained segregated. So, but research conducted by the U.S. Census Bureau demonstrates that by the year 2000, the city of Shabby consisted of a total population of 6,670 people. Some 1,834 of that population were African-American families. Almost 20% were black. By 2018, the Shiley population had reached a total of 15,747 people with 8,048 African-American residents, a majority of 51%. Though Shiley landscape has quietly, but dramatically changed since 1954, the days of the Wade's attempt to integration. What happened? 
Well, I think people want to change. I think that they knew that it was time for change. I think they knew they had a voice and they could take that voice and turn it into an opportunity for them to um, see things go in a different direction. That's what I think happened. I think they became more involved and they wanted to speak out and they did it through voting. Yes, but in, in 1954, Shelby was, was Lily White and there was quite a few white supremacists in, in that uh, locale that wanted it to stay that way. So what do you think? I didn't get the last part of that. Uh, I said there were there were quite a few people uh, that lived in Shabley at that time that were adamant about Shabley remaining white, but that's not what happened. Well, I think you have. It's, it's also about the mindset. I think that uh, when you want to build the community or the community that you live in, I think that when people recognize that there can be good and change, that they, their minds are open. And I think you have to just build those relationships in order to ensure them that collectively you can bring the ideas together and have a seat at the table, have a conversation, and move your community in another direction. Okay, okay, fair enough. So the research conducted by Dr. Kate Fossil and published in her book, Subversive Southerner, Ann Braden and the Struggle for Racial Justice in the Cold War South, demonstrate that racism did exist in, Shab in the Shabley Police Department in 1954, mm -hmm. as evidenced by the fact that there were no attempt to investigate the bombing of the Wade House. Mm -hmm. So what about now? Is there evidence of bias within the Shabley Police Department? I, can, I honestly believe, I mean, we have one of the finest police departments that I, that I believe, you know, in Kentucky. They have worked extremely hard to maintain the uh, trust of the community. They know that years ago, those issues were there and very, very um, on the forefront. But I think recognizing that, they know what they need to do in order to build community trust. And I think they know that with the whole racial uh, divide that we have going on now, that they have to make sure that they are conscious when they are making decisions on what they need to do as far as keeping and, and, and enforcing the law. Okay. Well, Mayor, uh, the Justice for Breonna Taylor movement, you yes. know, began here in Louisville and, and has now spread to cities all over the country. That movement demands reform within the Louisville Metro Police Department. This idea of reform has also spread to other large city police departments, but there are there are now those that call for defunding and some call for reorganizing the LMPD. Mm -hmm. Some see defunding uh, and recognize it as the same, and some see it as, as different from, uh, from reorganizing. Do you see a need to suggest any changes or, or do some reform as, as necessary within Shively Police Department? Well, currently I do not. Because I will tell you that if I felt in any kind of way that there was reform that needed, that we would definitely take the necessary steps to make that happen. Now, with that being said, I know that I often have conversations with my police chief uh, about making sure that he uh, makes sure that his department is, they understand what the expectations are when they're dealing with community, having community presence. And so 
right now, currently where I sit, I do not see the need for reform. Okay, so fair enough. So tell us about Shively today. What stands out in your mind when you're thinking of Shively? When I think of Shively, I think of Shively as a small city with big ideas, meaning that we may be small in numbers, but we have we have collectively great ideas. And that when it's not just the ideas of one person, but you know, when we have our city council, we come together and we uh, have uh, open and honest discussion on what needs to uh, take place or what what would be next steps in order to change the, the outlook of Shively. I know that, um, I mean, we are in the process, I mean, recently, and you mentioned the gradients and the way, because um, one of the things that will be coming forward in the in the future, we, we have purchased uh, some property and we are looking to uh, uh, have that property as some type of symbolic mention of the Wade and the Bradens. And so that is just on, you know, something that we're working on right now. And then we recognize what the history has been. But what I think about is that I do not want to reflect on the negative. I want to reflect on the positive for, for Shiloh. I want us to be able to have a seat at the table. We oftentimes have projects that we collaborate with, with Metro Louisville uh, along the Dixie Highway corridor. And we always put our fair share financially in on those projects. And so we also have our bourbon industry here. We've got three distillers that are very alive and well. Bullet is with uh, Stillets and Wilson, um, Mitchell's, and then of course Brown Foreman. And so we feel like we have something to offer uh, for people that are looking for a place to live, work, or play, and we're hoping that they'll choose Shabby someday. You know, there there are there is so much anger right now in the country and uh, uh, division and criticism of, of government. Mm -hmm. What are the challenges for you as mayor that you must meet and resolve on, on a daily basis and, and long term? Well, on a daily basis, you know, there's one thing. I have realized, and that is you cannot please everyone. You think that you have uh, solved one issue, and then another one pops up. I think the, you know, the, the, the daily things that I have to deal with are usually maybe somebody that feels like it's a property line issue um, that's going on maybe with their neighbor. But for the most part, you know, those things we work through, we make sure we're in touch with uh, Metro uh, on issues that we might have to bring them in on as it relates to uh, a division of property line. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, 2018, the U.S. Census tells us that the medium household income in Shabley was about 39000 almost $40,000, and that almost 20% of the Shabley population lived below the property line. By comparison, the medium household income for Louisville in 2018 was $51,307, with only 16% of the Louisville population living below the poverty line. Shabby is a relatively depressed suburban city. Why is that? Well, I'm going to beg to differ on that because I feel like we have a great 
a number of professionals that live within the city of Shively. I mean, you can come to Shively and live very comfortably. And we have many people, many of our residents, they have professional jobs. And as relates to what the numbers are saying, I'm thinking about what I know about the ones that are moving in that I've had conversations with. Um, I don't really believe that those stats are quite correct, to be perfectly honest. But that's okay. good to hear. Thank you. Uh, some more Census Bureau information tells us that uh, out of the 25-year-old and, and older population, about 40% of the Shively residents have a, a high school diploma or something equivalent. Jefferson County Public School System Open Data Academics uh, report demonstrates that the 2018 and 19 graduation rate was a little over 81%. Why is it, do you think, the uh, high school graduation rate among Shively residents is what might be considered low. And do you, yeah, do you think, think that the graduation rate is low for, the, for those that are in Shively? Is that the question? Yeah. Yes. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, I, and, and I say this because I, as a parent, I know how involved I was in my, my husband and in the education of my, of our girls. And I think that you have to help the parents that are maybe not as educated. And what I mean by that, they may not have the education that's needed in order to help move their child forward. And that's why, you know, tutoring is, is, a, is a must in some areas so that the kids and, and, the, and the students can get what they need in order to move them away from such low numbers. You know, there's also uh, the statistics that say there's a, there's a high or indicate there's a high suspension rate among African-American students in, in JCPS. First of all, what are your thoughts on that? And what, how does that figure into the low gradu graduation rate, do you think? Well, I think when you think about suspension, you also have to think about where that student comes from. What I mean by that is, if you have someone that wants to come to school, but maybe maybe they have issues at home as it relates to maybe having that just one parent at home, or maybe having to help their siblings, uh -huh. so then they become they become that other adult as a child trying to help maintain the household with the single parent that's there. Right. Right. So, Mayor Chester Burton, the plans, JCPS plans to build four new schools, three elementary schools, and one middle school in the near future. Yeah. Does, does JCPS plan to build any of those schools in Shabley? They're the schools that exist. They're now Butler High School, Western High School, Mill Creek, Cane Run, uh, Shaftner Elementary, Waller, Williams, Environmental yeah. School. Yeah. Are, are, does Shabley have a are, is that suspicious enough schooling, a uh, number of schools, to um, provide for the population in Shotley? Well, I think we have sufficient schools. As you know, there are many parents who choose to send their kids in other directions to enter other schools. They don't necessarily choose schools that are close to them. But, uh, I mean, I would love the opportunity to see another school built in the Shively area, but I, I know there's one coming, but it's not planned for this location. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, to, to finance those new schools, JCPS 
uh, school board passed a seven cent tax increase to mm-hmm. uh, be applied to the, uh, every $100 of property value. Right. Uh, Jefferson County co- voters will decide November 3rd if that tax is going to be uh, increased to, the, uh, to their uh, property tax, uh, property value. If the tax passes on November 3rd, it will provide $54 million in, in new revenue for the school system. JCS board is going to spend $15 million on new revenue for uh, 21st century facilities that engage students and, and faculty. $15 million for resources in the highest need schools. $12 million for racial e- uh, equity initiatives. And $12 million for additional student instructional time, which we see is such a need right now. If this JCPS plan is is implemented, uh, will it be a significant and positive impact on the on Shively student population? Well, I'm going to tell you that as an educator who has many times spent their own funds in order to provide supplies for students in need, I believe that it's necessary because of the resources that are simply not available at this time, whether it's facilities, whether it's student um, resources, whether it's mental health. It's so so many things that could help with the increase of taxes. Right. So the 70% property tax uh, will be on the ballot. The voters will decide. So as you know, the 7% tax means $70 $70 on personal property right. of $100,000 value or more. So since the average housing property value averages $150,000, that comes to an increase of about $75 a year for most residents. So do you support this tax? Do I support it? Do you support it? I support it. Yes, I do. All right. Because again, as an educator, I know what's missing. And I know what the needs are. All right, let, let's get down to businesses. What are the major businesses that uh, now are in Shively, and, and what businesses would you like to see locate and develop within the city proper? Well, as I mentioned before, our distilleries play a big part uh, for us here in Shively. I would, I, mean, I would love to see, let me say this, that many people don't know. It says Shively is landlocked. Okay, we have about a 21-mile radius, and we are pretty much landlocked. So unless um, something becomes available as far as um, other vacant properties or something, somebody leaves, we are landlocked. And so that's unfortunate. But what I would like to see is that since we are part of the Dixie Highway Corridor, that any businesses that come in, that we are, we have an opportunity to be on that decision-making table, so that we can uh, just have input about what we want to see Dixie Highway look like. And that's one good thing about the Southwest Dream Team; they are really focusing on what we need in the Southwest, and Shively is a part of that. And there's quite a bit of uh, interest now in uh, creating more businesses along that uh, Dixie Highway. How's that going? You said there's more, I'm sorry. There's quite a bit of interest now and in planning, I understand, uh, for the Dixie Highway corridor. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how is that going? I mean, I think, I mean, the door is open for those that are interested as long as they're 
as long as there happen to be land available. I mean, we do have some places on the Dixie Highway area that there's an old mushroom farm um, that is still has been vacant for years. Um, that I know right. I've seen some people show interest in that, but no, no movement has taken place on that. The old uh, Syrian College was here and left about a year or so ago. And so from my understanding, we have uh, a tenant that's going to be coming into that place within the next year. So again, because of its landlock, unless something becomes available, it's really, really hard to, to focus on something. That's why I see that there's more movement going more south of Shively because there's more land available. Okay. So the western border of Shabley includes heavy polluting industries, industries commonly known as rubber town. Okay. Air pollution from these industries endangers the health of many of your constituents. What strategies would you like to see implemented that would significantly reduce the pollution from rubber town industry? I'm sorry. Can you speak up a little bit? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I made the point that the western border of Shabley uh, uh, rubber town exists on that yeah. western border. It's a heavy polluting industry. So I'm wondering, um, and that endangers the health of many of the Shabby residents. So I'm wondering what would you like to see happen that would diminish the pollution that's coming from that uh, chemical industry? Well, as far as rubber town, I mean, we really, what we try to do is whenever there are announcements that's has to do with uh, the pollution within our area, which Town being so close to us, we try to let our residents know and so that they can attend those meetings so their voices can be heard. Okay. We want to take a minute to introduce our station and our guest. You are listening to Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM on your radio dial. This is Solution to Violence. Our guest today is Beverly Chester Burton. Beverly Chester Burton is the mayor of Shively, Kentucky. Shively is a city populated by roughly 16,000 people located within the Metropolitan Louisville District. Solutions to Balance airs on Mondays at 5 p.m., Tuesdays at 8 a.m., and Wednesdays at 6 a.m. You can listen live stream by visiting our website at forwardradio.org and clicking on Listen Live Now. Jamie McMillan and me, Jump Johnson, are your co-hosts. Now, back to our interview with Mayor Beverly Chester Burton. Mayor, at one time, uh, there was some talk about constructing a light rail system to connect downtown Louisville to Valley Station. Mm -hmm. The prediction is that, or was, that such a light rail system would attract new businesses mm -hmm. uh, in the Louisville West End, as well as Shively, Pleasure Ridge, and the Valley Station. Light rail is considered more environmentally sustainable mm -hmm. than traveling in vehicles like cars and trucks right, right. Uh, on concrete highways. And it, it would provide inexpensive transportation for Shively residents to, to get to those uh, other urban areas. Do you see light rail as its uh, construction still politically viable? I do. I do. As a matter of fact, I think it was going to go as far as to Fort Knox. At one point, I heard conversation that, that it would go as far as Fort Knox. I think it's a great opportunity for people that may need access and transportation to have a light rail system. 
um, it would be more efficient. It would get that you wouldn't have to worry about the the, the traffic, um, the congestion on the highway, um, and that's something that I would certainly support if the conversation is still available to have. How would you go about promoting that? Light rail. Yes, ma'am. Well. I think one way to promote it is make sure that the residents have a buy-in with that because I think you can't really do a whole lot if you don't have buy-in. And not only from the residents, but from the businesses as well because you want to think about the businesses that could benefit from the light well with bringing in their employees um, into, um, into, their, into their job. Who is it makes that decision? Who would make that decision, do you think? Is there a... Uh, a group, a coalition of uh, uh, Shively uh, and Pleasure Ridge Valley Station. Is there a uh, is there a process or is there a program going on to to uh, encourage that light rail? There's been no conversation that I've been a part of on that as a, as it stands. Mm -hmm. Great, great. That's that's great to hear. Yeah, no, there were a couple of candidates that were running for mayor. Uh, Green, for example. Uh, they were pushing light rail, so I, uh, that that talk has been diminished since uh, uh, Greg Fisher was Greg Fisher was reelected mayor. So it would be interesting to see if that conversation comes back around at some point. Mm -hmm. So, Mayor Chester Burton, uh, are there other big projects in mind for Shively? So, what are they? Are there other what for Shively? Big projects in mind. Do you have some oh, other ideas? Projects for Shively. Well, we, we just finished the Shively sidewalk project about a year ago. There was definitely a need for that. Uh, I'm hoping that we can add more of those projects because the residents want them. They've expressed the need uh, to continue the project. One of the ones that I'm working on, as I mentioned before, that uh, City Council and I are working on it will be the one that is the park that we're trying to establish. Uh, that is will be located off of Crumbs Lane, which would be a third park in Shadowland. Um, I want I'd love to see our current park system expand to the point where if we could have our own our own Shadowland loop uh, that would take you all the way around uh, the city of Shadowland as well. What What is your budget for uh, those those long range plans? Well, those are just conversations that we've had. We've not placed. The, the purchase of the property was something that we budgeted for, but the other ones are just conversations that we're having. Uh-huh, okay. Well, are there any, uh, any other promotions that you'd like to share with the uh, audience or, or uh, other elected officials that you'd like to well, see? Well, one of the things that I would love to see happen, and as you know, Bardstown, they have their bourbon festival, um, of course, canceled this year due to the pandemic, but you know, since we have three distilleries located right here within our city, I would love to see us come together and put something like that on right here and have our own little mini bourbon festival here in the city of Charlotte. I think it would gain a lot of attention of uh, being that we are, I mean, I think we're in a great location. If you think about it, we are just 10 minutes from downtown or from the airport or crossing the bridge to Indiana, um, you can pretty much, oh, don't, don't let me forget, Churchill Downs. I mean, we're just, to me, like in the center of a, a very uh, energetic 
part of Metro Louisville. And because of our location, it's why I think that when there are opportunities that are coming in our direction, Southwest Louisville, and we fall under that umbrella, I am hoping that knowing how close that we are to other areas of attraction, that that will attract others to want to be here. Sounds like a great advertising campaign. What about housing projects? Are there housing projects scheduled in the near future? Housing projects? No, we do not have any housing projects scheduled in the near future. Okay. So there is a, as everyone knows, the city of Louisville is struggling right now with uh, demonstrations that are occurring, the economic injustice that has been Louisville um, for decades, not just Louisville, but big cities all over the country and in terms of uh, racial justice. So uh, do, you some, do you have some feelings about what's going on here and how that might affect Shally? What I think, the, the, the whole, um, and I'm going to call it a movement because that's what it is. This, I think, legislatures as well as other government officials, they have to recognize, and not just government, business, business as well. They play, they play a key role in this as well. And that is, this is not just a moment of time. This is a movement. We've already seen 150 days of it, unlike no other. This is a movement. And I think when, when those voices that are out there trying to make a difference and trying to bring attention to what the issue is, that we have to recognize that there is an issue. And we, once I think that it is acknowledged, and not only just to a certain group or a certain group of businesses or a certain group of individuals, but once they recognize it and acknowledge it, and I think we can then sit down and have that conversation, open conversation, because this is not going away until people understand that what has happened has, well, it has divided many people. It has also brought millions together, millions together to say that justice is so important in our society. And we cannot just take one instance and just say, oh, this too shall pass, because believe me, that is something that as I watch those individuals that are out there and they are protesting and trying to have a voice that they want to be heard and they want people to recognize why they need to be heard. Because if we are going to work together, there cannot be any injustice in our society. There can't be any separation. We've got to come together. We've got to want to make our communities work. We got to make sure that we are doing things to set things in place for the future leaders. Our students today will be our leaders tomorrow. Our children today will be our leaders tomorrow. And if we don't start now, then we should be start. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at what happened in the civil rights movement in the 60s. There, there is video uh, doc, documentaries that exist where white supremacists were interviewed by the media. And they're concerned at that time of uh, the white establishment 
their concern at that time was that African-Americans, we can't give African-Americans the justice they're searching for because we're afraid they're going to take our jobs. That did not happen. So I'm wondering if there is a core of white people still concerned about losing their jobs or having their salaries diminished because of the demonstrations. If policy changes occur that give African-Americans a more just piece of the economic pie. So how do we get that message to, to white people that say to them, it's not going to cost you your job. No one's asking you to give up your housing or your current financial situation, but we can achieve justice and fairness for everybody. You see what I'm saying? Well, you know, what I'm going to say to that is that if you have individuals worried about losing their job or their status or just whatever you want to call it, think about what African-Americans and other minorities have been losing for years. I mean, we're in 2020, and when we're talking about the Ann Braden and the, and the wave, and 1954 really wasn't that long ago, if you think about it. It really wasn't that long ago. And so if you think about how many years ago we were already, we already had a setback because we weren't allowed to do many things or participate in many things. That's why we had to create our own social structure because we were not allowed to have a seat at the table. And so I think if individuals are so worried about keeping their job, if they would reflect on how depressed African-American minorities were so, so many years ago, and still are to many, to many, that they cannot just look at, it's not a, it's not a, I, I'll lose my job. I, 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 it's a we. It shouldn't be a me. It should be a we. It has to be a collective process. And if you're really serious about having relationships that are positive, then you've got to be willing to change and allow others in. Okay. So, We've got the demonstrations occurring all across the country. Lowell's a prime example. And if you look at the mainline media, both local and national, it does sound like people are listening, maybe for the first time in decades. People are listening to the demands of the African-American community for the first time in a long time. But in order to make economic change, in order to make health change in the healthcare system, policy is going to have to change. How do we work together to elect the kinds of leaders that will change policy? I think you, that's a very that's very good statement. That policy has got to change, and policy starts with being involved from a political standpoint. That's what I mean about having a seat at the table to help make those decisions. If policy is not what you think it should be, then that's your window right there of opportunity. That's the time for you to decide if you are going to remain on the sidelines and wait for somebody else to decide and make the policy, or if you're going to be the one 
that's going to be part of the change and decide to put your name out there so that your ideas and your thoughts and your values can have meaning so that you can change the society and the communities that you serve and that you live in. Yeah, I think that's one of the hardest things for, for individuals to, to, to get. You know, it's, it's hard to, to get that connection to uh, large governments, particularly federal governments. Are, there, are cities like Shively uh, represented in the larger community like Louisville uh, government in some sort of planning commission or, or for, for entire co the cosmopolitan area to address issues like pandemic and civil unrest and, and that sort of thing? I need you to say that again. I didn't hear it all. I was saying that it, individual responsibility is a really hard thing to get across. It, it's, it's today more than ever, I think, with the, the uh, numbers that are registering to vote is, is very exciting that people are beginning to take that as a, as a responsibility and an obligation. But are uh, cities like Shively and, and uh, others, like St. Matthews and all, are they represented in, in some sort of Louisville city government uh, planning commission or something like that so that all areas can work together, all these small cities can work together to address the pandemic and the civil unrest or any yes. other issues? Yes. As a matter of fact, um, there are times that we meet with Mayor Greg Fisher, but he meets with the small cities throughout Jefferson County, and we have those type of discussion, and he encourages um, those that are um, in leadership to participate in the, you know, the Metro has a, 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 a selection of boards and commissions and other committees. And so he's putting us in, I believe, so that we can have a voice because what affects one can possibly affect all of us. Right. So with that, it's a way for all of us to be able to have an opportunity to give feedback on what affects us within our own city. Okay. So we talked about policy change. So Mayor Beverly Chester Burton, what are your future plans? Do you have plans of political ambitions beyond being Mayor Shively? Are you going to run for another term? What's the deal? Well, well yes. Um, I believe in taking it one day at a time. Basically, I want to remain in my community because I want to see change in my community. And at this time, you know, where I'm at, I'm very happy with where I'm at. Uh, I have a, a great group of council members that uh, are very um, supportive in changing this community to make, to make things different, to have a different view on what shopping should look like, should look like in the future. Uh, whether I decide to run for another office, I've been asked to do that not only um, as a second term as mayor, but in um, another, um, another um, position within another area. And so I always keep my options open, but um, right now my, I'm very focused on the city of Shadow and I want to see it thrive. So you're still teaching now, right? I am, I am. Mm -hmm. We have NTI right now going Okay, and you've taught for 20 years. In various locations, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, you plan on being an educator for a while? No, I'm not sure how long I'll be in education. 
So I'm wondering if uh, if you're not going to be a teacher, you might consider running for a JCPS board. Again, I always keep my options open. Okay. Okay. All the options are open. That's the way to go. I'm listening. Right <laughs> Let me ask you what, uh, how is, uh, how is Shively doing with the pandemic? Uh, well, you know, I follow the governor's wishes. You know, whenever he's on, I'm listening. If he's saying things don't look good, I've shut the park down twice. We've canceled uh, some of the little league uh, practices because I didn't like seeing, you know, the closeness of, you know, the, even the parents were getting really close to, you know, right. to one another. I took the had them to take the basketball goals down because that was for drawing a crowd with people playing basketball at the courts. I had the tennis uh, nets removed, but then I put those back on because the crowd for that is doesn't really not a crowd. It's kind of like a one on one, and so you know I just close it down when Andy tells me the numbers are now recently, and I haven't I, I've ordered these masks that I'm getting ready to give out to the residents of Chadwick. It says Shively, stay safe, and then it says Mask of Kentucky, which is in honor of what uh, Andy tries to enforce. So I'm just trying to be supportive, and so uh, I just ordered some masks for residents uh, of Shively. Oh, wow. that is that is cool. Are you going to sell those? Are you going to hand them out? How People have already kind of been peeping me, seeing the word of them, and they're already saying, "Can I purchase one?" But no, the first go round. It's definitely going to be going out, you know, I've ordered like 500 of them. And so we're going to give those away to residents. And then yeah. we also, um, as far as the pandemic, uh, you know, we reached out to our area ministries to help them because they do a lot of good work in the community. So, uh, you know, we awarded them some funds for uh, to, to kind of help them, you know, keep going with what it is that they're trying to do. Um, so check in on the seniors um, as much as we can. So. And we also, we also, I mean, if you come to City Hall, I mean, we are so, I mean. Yeah, how are you promoting promoting uh, wearing masks? Well, we have one thing, we have it up, you know, we, we talk about on our website, and then we have a board outside a um, that we display information for the city. Um, and so we, we're always putting something on there about, COVID, mask up, Kentucky, uh, you know, these, you know, just kind of enforcing what Andy said on our board outside. Yeah, that's great. And then, we'll, I mean, we're, we're not going to do a major newsletter because not, we really haven't had a lot of activity because we closed down our community building. Um, and um, that's just getting ready to be renamed the Heritage Center. I mean, the, the Heritage because of... Um, the type of things that happened there with family reunions and everything. So I proposed that. And so that's we're going to be renaming that the heritage. So, yeah. Well, thank you for all you've, you've done. And thank you for sharing your time with us. Again, thank you for the invite. You have my information and I'll be happy to um, talk any other time. All right. And if you okay. have, you have a message you want to get out there, give us a holler. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, listeners, we are unfortunately out of time. Our guest today has been Mayor Beverly Chester Burton, award-winning educator and mayor of Shively, Kentucky. 
The Solutions of Balance program that features Mayor Beverly Chester Burton will air again Tuesday, October 27th at 8 a.m. and Wednesday, October 28th at 6 a.m. You can listen live stream by visiting our website at forwardradio.org and clicking on Listen Live Now. The Solutions to Balance program that features Mayor Chester Burton will be placed in our archives Wednesday, October 28th. You can listen live stream at these times by visiting our website at forwardradio.org and clicking on Listen Live Now. The Solutions to Violence program featuring Mayor Chester Burton will be placed in our archives on Wednesday, October 21st. Listening to our other Solutions to Violence broadcasts is easy at WFMP Archives. Go to the website forwardradio.org. Once there, scroll down to Program Archives and then scroll to Solutions to Violence program that features Mayor Beverly Chester Burton or others that you might like to hear. For more information and schedule programming that you will find most interesting and probably delightful, visit us at forwardradio.org and click on Broadcast Schedule. You can also share your thoughts and, and suggestions with us at solutions to violence 18 at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. One more subtle reminder here, folks. You know, it's time to vote. November 3rd is the last day you can vote here in Kentucky. Early voting started October 13th. You can drop off your absentee ballot or vote in person now in Kentucky at the Kentucky Fair and Expedition Center, North Wing, the KFC Yum Center, Main and 2nd Street, the Kentucky Center for African-American Heritage, 1701 West Mohammed Ali, or the Louisville Marriott East, 1903 Embassy Square Boulevard. On November the 3rd, 13 Jefferson County Public Schools will be open for in-person voting. Those schools are listed online at the Jefferson County Election Center. The hours for voting in person on November 3rd are from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Technical assistance has been provided by Carolyn Brooks Johnson. Thanks for listening.